Good morning, everyone. This morning's uh, Bible passage is taken from uh, the book of Psalms, Psalms 1, the first Psalm. So before we start, uh, anybody needs a Bible, can just put up your hands, and there's people who will just pass them out to you. Psalm 1. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you bless the reading and teaching of your word and that our hearts may be open to receive uh, whatever you have for us, especially during the message on the vision for CPE Church. Amen. Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This is God's word. Thanks, Avi. Probably a bit loud. Please keep your Bibles open at Psalm 1. We'll be going deep into your, uh, script, the Scriptures today, and it's important to be looking into the Scriptures yourself, not just taking what I say for granted. Uh, that's part of our message today, actually, to understand what God's Word is and how important it is to us. So please keep your Bibles open, be looking into there. Now, if you've been around CPE for a little while, it should be pretty clear to you that the Bible is quite important here. Uh, maybe that's an understanding. The Bible is very, very important here. In fact, our number one value actually, is this, the authority of Scripture, which says this, this is our value. We treasure the Bible as God's revealed Word and will let it shape our lives above any other authority. This is our number one value. This is the foundation. This shapes all that we do. And essentially, that's saying the Bible is important to us. The Bible really matters to us. Now, who here agrees with that? Who here thinks the Bible really matters? The Bible is important? Don't, you know, participate, come on, that's all right. I'll take note of who doesn't have the hand. No, I'm kidding. That's all right. I think, you know, most of us, if not all of us, we agree. The Bible is important, right? Amen. The Bible's important. But here's what I know to be true. We can agree with this statement wholeheartedly, fully agree to it, assent to it. Yes, that's true. Yet, at the same time, really struggle to live this out in our lives. Isn't that true? Why is it so hard for us to pick up our Bibles and read it regularly? Why does it feel like such a burden so often to open up these words and to read? Why is it such a challenge to actually follow what the Bible tells us to do, especially when it doesn't fit into what we already think? And in one sense, does it really matter? I mean, I'm still a Christian if I don't read my Bible every day, right? That's, I'm not judged on my performance. Surely it's okay. Friends, today I'd ask that you let me show you how precious and how wonderful and how 
absolutely vital God's Word is, to be reminded anew from His Word about how great His Word is. And I want to introduce to you at the same time as we do this, our vision for this year, for 2024. And I'm going to show you why it's the most important vision we've ever had, because it all starts with God's Word. Come with me to Psalm 1. Come with me to Psalm 1. We're at our first point, deeper in the Word. Keep your Bibles open. Let's look into it. Open the app. Look on with your neighbor, whatever it is. Let me read again. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Now, this is the first psalm in the entire book of Psalms. And actually, this psalm is really vital because it you know, if you're reading through Psalms, this will frame every, all the Psalms to come. It will introduce all the major themes, give you the way to understand the Psalms. And it's pretty clear that as you look at the Psalm that there's two ways to live. There's the way of the righteous man, which leads to blessing. And on the other side, there's the way of the wicked man that leads to destruction. It's quite clear, two paths, two ways to live. And I think it's clear which, that there's a preferable path to walk here. But let's look at what it actually says. In verse 4, have a look at verse 4 in your Bibles. What does it say? It says this, that the wicked, not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Now, I don't know if you know what chaff is. It's not a term we use quite commonly. If you're a farmer, you might understand. Chaff is what happens when you're threshing out wheat and you're separating out the good wheat, which falls down to the ground because it's um, heavier, from the, the seed shells that are useless, and you flick it up in the air, and what happens is the chaff, it blows away, it's gone. You don't want it. It's gone. It's useless, right? It flies away. It's so temporary. Here, one moment, gone the next. And that's what the life of the wicked is like. Here, one moment, and then gone. Temporary. Fleeting. Here today, gone tomorrow. Verse 5 says this, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. This is talking about the judgment day, the eternal destination of the wicked. It's destruction. That's what's clear here. It's a sad reality that's put before us. But compare this to the righteous. Go back to verse 1 with me. Psalm 1, verse 1. Have a look in your Bibles. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. The one who chooses to not follow wicked ways and selfish sin, the, the righteous, what's their fate? It's not destruction, but it's blessing. It's blessing. But it's not just what they don't do that matters. You notice they don't stand in the way, of, they don't follow wicked ways, they don't follow sin, but it's also what they do that really matters. Have a look at verse 2. I'll put it up on the screen also. But blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Friends, here we see the path to blessing, the path to the blessed life, 
delighting in the law of the Lord, meditating on God's word day and night. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever devoted yourself to something day and night before. Um, if I'm honest with you, the closest I've come is in my younger days. I'm too old now, so I can't even do this anyway. Binge watching entire TV series, staying up or staying up late gaming all night long sort of thing, hours and hours spent on these things, right? I'm not sure, you know, I'm sure no one else has ever done any of those things. It's, you know, you've never experienced that. Maybe that was you last night, actually. I won't ask you to put up your hands. And why do we do this? Why do we devote such an inordinate amount of time to uh, certain things? Because we delight in them, right? They're so enjoyable. We love doing them. We can do them for hours and hours on end. But they end up leaving us more empty and more exhausted than before, don't they? After we finish with those binge sessions. It isn't good for us. It isn't good for us. But delighting in God's Word, devoting hours and hours and hours and hours and hours to God's Word, meditating on it day and night, this is very, very good. The psalmist says this is the blessed way. This is what leads to blessing. Have a look at verse 3 with me. Have a look at verse 3 in your Bibles with me. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. The picture here is of a strong, powerful tree, vibrant and healthy, bearing much fruit. Every single leaf on this tree is green and lush. There's no brown, dry leaves on this tree. It's a healthy, strong tree. Now, I'll have a, I got, I've got a confession to make. Uh, Leeching and I, in terms of uh, vegetables and growing plants, we're, we're plant killers. We're plant killers. I've got to admit that to you guys. We're really bad every time we try and grow something. It might grow for a little while, and then it dies. People have tried giving me plants. Tom tried to give me mulberry tree things. They're all dead. They're gone, yeah? Um, but you know what? Last, uh, last year, the kids actually got really into gardening. They were like, can we, can we get some plants? Can we water them? And I'm like, nah, kids, it doesn't work. Trust me. I was, <laughs> I was, don't worry. But I was like, okay, give it a go. And then they got you know, some, a little strawberry plant, capsicum plant. They each chose one, a cucumber plant and um, a tomato plant, right? And then um, you know, I said, okay, we'll see what happens. And you know what? Their plants started flourishing. Their plants started growing. I said to Ching, what's going on here? Why are the kids' plants growing? Our kids can't. You know what I realized? Because, you know, kids, they get really into stuff. They're so, they're so passionate about this. They watered these plants, like, nonstop. Like, you know, like, day, you know, in the morning, they'll water them, then they'll move them into the perfect sunlight, and then they'll move them back in the afternoon, and then they might give them a little bit more, to, more water again, and there's just this constant nutrients, this constant supply. Who would have thought water would have made such a difference? Who would have thought? I guess I should have realized that. Yeah. There was just this abundant supply of water to nourish these plants at all times. And here the psalmist gives us a picture of a strong, healthy tree. And it's healthy because there's an abundant supply of water. Did you realize that? Did you see what it says? It's planted by the streams, the streams of water. It's being fed 24-7. Its roots are going deep into the ground, deep into the ground, sucking up all the nutrients life-giving nutrients around it. And it doesn't take too much, to ma- too much thinking to make the connection of what this means when it, comes to in- when it relates to Bible reading. The streams of living water are representing the words of God. Remember, the tree represents a blessed one, and the blessed one is the one who delights 
in the Word of God, who meditates on it day and night. They are like a strong oak planted by the riverside, always nourished. This is someone who's always connected to God's Word because they have deep, deep roots into the life-giving words of Scripture. The one deep in the Word has a very fruitful life. It's like a tree being fed abundant water. The one deep in the Word will not be blown away like chaff in the wind, but will stand firm on the day of judgment because their roots are deep down embedded. The foundation is strong. That's why the psalmist says in verse 3, whatever they do prospers. Their life is fruitful. It lasts. There's an eternal hope and a destination. This is a picture of true blessing. Friends, a fruitful life, a life that is solid and deep and that will not be swayed no matter the challenges that come, a life that prospers. Doesn't that sound good to you? Well, that's what God wants for you, each and every one of you in this building today. He wants to bless you. He wants your life to be fruitful. He wants you to have a strong, solid foundation. All you need to do is dig deep into his word because his word is the source of this transformation. This psalm shows us that God's word is vital, absolutely vital. Without God's word, there can be no life because there is no life-giving water, like a tree without water. We may seek to sustain our own lives, and maybe this is you today, with our own power, our own wisdom, our own strength. But if we do not drink deeply and constantly from the life-giving words of God, we will perish. We will. But if we do, then there is abundant blessing in store for us because our future hope is secure. For the psalmist and the people of God and back in the Old Testament, the law showed them his glorious character. The law showed them uh, the way to live that is a good life. You know, this is a good way to live. And obedience to the law meant great blessings. God actually said, if you obey me, then I'll bless you. No wonder the psalmist delights in it. He couldn't stop reading it. He just loved God's word. But dig even deeper and you'll see True blessing and true life is contained in these words uh, in a way that is far bigger than what it first seems. Because these words, these words are, the, are pointing to the one that will bless like no other, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're at our point, next point, deeper relationship with God, deeper relationship with God. Now come with me to John 5. You can look at it in your Bibles if you like, John 5, otherwise there'll be coming up on the, the screen as well. And this is a section where Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the religious teachers back in the day who knew the law of the Lord, all the commands, the Old Testament instructions, back to front. They knew it back to front, right? If you were to say that, they, that would be the people that fulfilled this criteria of Psalm 1, of people who meditated on God's law day and night, okay? This is what they took pride in, that they knew God's law. Yet, Jesus actually rebukes them. He, like, fully rebukes them because they've completely missed the point. Have a, look. Have a look. I'll read verse 37 to you. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. This is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. You study the Scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very Scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I love this passage. <laughs> I love this passage. It's so clear. Jesus is saying this. All of God's words is about me. 
Every piece of scripture is about me. It's all fulfilled in me. God's word points to Jesus. Every part of it, every part of God's word is fulfilled in Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself, do you know what? He's called the word, the word of God. The gospel of John says that. That's how tightly connected scriptures and Jesus are, which tells us something. It tells us this. God's word ultimately isn't about what to do. It's about who to know. God's word isn't ultimately about what to do. It's about who to know. It's about a relationship. It's about a relationship with Jesus, God in the flesh, the one in who you will find life. And this is vital because if you miss this, you will miss the blessing that's promised. You see, you can come to the Bible, and maybe you're here today and you've walked into this church today, you don't normally come to church or maybe you don't often come, but you're seeking, maybe you're seeking a bit of blessing. A lot of people come to church, you know, a bit of God's favor maybe. Maybe you come seeking life, and you might try and get that by following all the commands, being a good person, looking at God's law and saying, okay, if I do all these things, then God will be happy with me, hoping God, your performance will sort of get you there with God. That's what the Pharisees tried to do. But that isn't the path to blessing, because you'll quickly find that you can't do it, that you are imperfect, that you sin, that you will actually fail at keeping the law, which tells us something, that God's word was always about something much bigger than obedience to behavior. It was always about someone much bigger. In fact, it's all about Jesus. Verse 39 says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Friends, this is a big verse It's a condemnation for the Pharisees, but actually it's a message of hope for us, isn't it? Jesus is saying this, if you're searching for eternal life, you can actually have it. You just need to look in the right place. If you see the scriptures are all about him, if you come to him, you can can have life. If you come to him, you can be blessed. Because when you're introduced to Jesus, when you trust in him, your sins are forgiven. You're brought into a living relationship with God himself. This is the good news of the gospel. And this is why we want to... Dig deep into God's word. Because being deep in God's word actually means a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. Being deep in God's word leads to deeper relationship with Jesus. Friends, we need to really understand something about the Bible. It isn't a rule book. It isn't a a how-to guide and you hope that you get a pass mark so you can get to heaven. This is the living and active word of God where you meet Jesus Christ in the flesh, right? This is what it's all about. Jesus says, if you come to the Bible and you're searching for life and you're just trying, to, trying harder to, to make God happy by your behavior, then you've completely missed the point. It's all about him, and he wants to come into a relationship with you. Friends, God's word is where we come first into a relationship with Jesus, but it's also where we grow deeper and deeper in relationship with Jesus. It's not a one-time thing as well. You keep coming to the Word, you keep going deeper in relationship with Jesus. You might be here today and your spiritual life feels dry. You feel distant from God. Maybe you've lost the passion that you once had. When you first became a Christian, remember that? You were so on fire. You'd tell anyone who would listen about Jesus, but now you've lost that. Maybe you're here today and you want to know Him more. You want to grow your relationship with Him, but you're really struggling there. And maybe you're struggling because you aren't spending quality time with Him. 
If you, if, I, if you know Lee Ching and I, you know that both we're both very uh, productive people. We like to be busy with uh, making things happen, which means we're constantly busy with ministry, with the kids' uh, stuff. We're trying to con- stay connected with friends. Uh, we're married, so we spend a lot of time together. But let me tell you, sometimes we don't get that as much quality time as we should. It's not necessarily quality time. If, not, if we're not careful, we can slip into the sort of the habits of um, just making things happen, you know, being functional, where all our conversations about what the kids have to do next or what needs to be organized for church, getting things done by lacking connection, intimacy, joy. That's why we have to be really intentional. We have to plan our date nights, our time together. We have to plan our time to pray for each other. And we need this for our relationship to grow. It's so vital. And I think our relationship with God is sort of like this. Firstly, we need to remember that if we trusted in Jesus, this is very important, if we're trusted in Jesus, in one sense, our relationship with him never changes. We're united to him by faith through the Holy Spirit. Nothing will ever change the fact that you are with Jesus, okay? Nothing, right? We are his beloved bride. We saw that in Ephesians 5 last week. No matter how we feel, okay, I want you to realize that you are safe with Jesus. You are united with him. That is one reality that doesn't change. But the truth is, how healthy this relationship you have with Jesus does depend on how much you invest into it. I think this does change. The quality of our relationships depend on how much we invest into them. I think we all know this to be true. <laughs> we know this to be true of our human relationships. Right? Our spouse, our friends, our family, you don't, if you don't spend time with them, if you don't spend quality time with them, how do you expect that relationship to grow? It doesn't. It'll deteriorate. How much more so for our relationship with God? Just imagine a deeper relationship with Jesus, a relationship filled with more intimacy, more delight, more joy, where you're in awe of him more each and every day, where you serve him, not because you have to, but because you want to, you get to, where your deepest desire is to please him, where you will stick by him no matter what, even when the toughest times come. Well, you can have that relationship. You can have it as you go deeper and deeper into God's word. Friends, the word of God is, it's all about Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection. And as we open up these precious scriptures day by day, we get to know him more deeply. We get to know his authority. We get to know his power, his love, his grace, his mercy, his compassion. We get to know his heart. So often we forget these things, but as we open up the word, we're reminded day by day. And as we see these things about who Jesus is, as we see his words about what he has taught us and what's important in his heart, we love him more and more. We get to see him for who he is more and more. Jesus doesn't just want a shallow transactional relationship with you, where you come to him for a ticket to heaven, and then he doesn't see you again, all right? He loves you, and he wants a deep relationship with you. And let me tell you, this is the sort of relationship that leads to your whole life being transformed. Your whole life. Your identity will be secure because you know you are deeply loved. Your worries and anxieties will fade because you are with the king. You will live your life with a higher purpose because Jesus has given that purpose to you. And you will fight and overcome sin in a way that was never possible before because you're connected to the strength of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit in you. All because you have a deeper relationship with Jesus, your king. And friends, let me tell you, there's nothing I want more for our church this year than to see this happen. 
Let me talk to you about our vision for 2024. Our vision for this year for our church, we're calling it Deeper, Deeper. We want to see everyone deeper in the Word because we believe that leads to deeper relationship with God and that leads to deeper transformation in all of our lives. We want to see you deep in the Word. We think this really matters because guess what? I think this really matters to God. This matters to God. Let me make very clear that the vital ingredient to this vision actually coming about is God's Word. Because His Word is the power to transform lives. His Word connects us to Jesus Christ. And without His Word, nothing's going to happen. All right? Nothing's going to happen. So friends, this year, we want you to be like the Psalm 1 blessed man this year. Delighting in God's Word. Meditating in, on God's Word day and night. Because we believe this will lead to a blessed life for you and honor to Jesus Christ. But as I say these things, I just want, I just want to let you know something. I realize how hard this is. I realize how hard this is. I'm a pastor, and even for me, regular time in the Bible, it can be challenging. It can be challenging. Uh, often for me, uh, especially in times when things get busy, the Bible can be, for me, a bit of a checklist. Make sure I get it done, tick it off the list, and move on to the, with the rest of the day to the work that I really need to do. You know, It's one of those things I just take off. But sometimes when it's really busy, I just skip it altogether. I wonder if you've ever had a similar experience. And I've come to realize over the years what the number one enemy of being deep in the Word is. You know what the number one enemy is? Well, it's actually busyness. It's busyness, isn't it? Let's be honest. If we think about it, we don't have time to spend meditating on God's Word day and night. We've got things to do, all right? We've got to work. We have to study. We have to help the kids with their schoolwork. We have to drop them off at sport. We have to make their lunch. This is just some personal things coming out, yeah. We have to watch that latest drama series, actually. I don't have time. We have to game with our friends. We're just too busy, too busy. But are we busy with the right things? One thing I've tried to stop saying personally for myself is these words, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Because I don't believe that's true. What's true for me is I've chosen not to make the time. I've chosen not to make the time. Friends, we all have the same time, 168 hours in a week. It's up to you how you use it. The sooner you take ownership of this, the sooner you'll be able to prioritize what really matters. And nothing matters more than being deep in God's word, having a deep relationship with God, and seeing deep transformation in your life. Nothing matters more than this. So, when are you making time to be deep in God's word this year? When will that be for you? I'd encourage you to put it into your calendar uh, with, you know, with your phones, with a reminder. You know, I feel like what gets put into your calendar actually gets done. It's in front of your face. For me, I read the Bible each morning um, when Lee Ching drops the kids off at school just before I head in for work. Um, I make sure I start, I start the day and the time in the Word. For you, I'd encourage you just to start small. If you're not reading at all at the moment, just start small. It's better you do something than nothing, okay? Something than nothing. If you don't know where to start, let me give you a tip. Just go to the Gospel of Mark and have a look at Jesus Christ in you. Behold him. It's so good. To start one chapter a day, a little bit of a chapter a day. As part of our deeper vision, we'll be posting up a weekly devotional on our Facebook group as well from the New City Catechism. We hope that will give you a resource to help you go deep as you learn more about who God is and what he's done. But what we believe will help even more is doing this together. Sometimes when we think about being deep in the Word, we get this picture of like monks who are secluded by themselves, they're meditating in the desert on this uh, 
I don't think that's the picture the Bible gives us. I think community is so important when it comes to being deep in the Word, isn't it? Yeah? Uh, we want our church to be one that loves one another, actually helps one another with this. So a key part of our vision this year is one-to-one discipleship. I've benefited so greatly personally from people who have, over the years, invited me to read the Bible with them, to sit down, read the Bible with them, have a pray with them. I, I know there's many in this room that's benefited from that as well. And there's something special when you do that, right, about opening up the Word and praying with a brother or sister in Christ. And there's also the benefit of accountability. It's like going into the gym by yourself or with a friend, right? What's more likely to happen? Uh, for me, it's like, it's like Eric, he's always bugging me to do some exercise with him, um, and it means I actually do it sometimes, all right? Having someone keep you accountable means you are 10 times more likely to keep it up, and one-to-ones help with that, which is a very good thing, right? If, if, if something can help you get into the Bible more, then I say, let's do it. We need all the help we can get. Friends, Imagine if every single person in this church was deep in the Word this year. Imagine the transformation we would see. Imagine our church, all of us, deep in a relationship with God, delighting in Him more. Imagine if we saw deeper transformation in our godliness, in our willingness to humble ourselves before Jesus and repent and come back to Him. Imagine the change in our marriages, in our parenting, in our relationships with one another, with our families, friends, together with God. This deep change is possible. I want to encourage you today to be a part of our vision this year. Will you be a part of our vision this year as much as you can? Please pray. Please pray that these things will happen. Please give towards our vision. We need to resource this vision as well. We'll be providing more resources for you guys to go deep into the Word. So we need resources for that. Please give. Be generous. But please, just participate. Use the resources we'll be getting that back wall, we're going to fill up with resources for you to get deep into the Word, personally and with each other. Please come along to our Sunday series as we start getting into teaching series that will help us go deep in the Word. Next week, we're going to look at Jesus and His discipleship and with His disciples and how that's passed on in a series called Follow Me from the book of Matthew. That's the first one. Please use the devotionals we'll post up in our groups. Please sign up to do one-to-ones with someone else or just invite someone else to do one-to-ones with you. Sit down and read the Bible with you. Trust me, it will be worth it because nothing is more precious than God's Word. This is our vision for this year. Now, I've been reflecting recently on the recent deaths of Ruth Weston, our missionary partner, and Chris Little, who we just prayed for today, a pastor at Albury Bible Church in our FIEC network. That's our uh, network that our church is in. These people live to proclaim God's Word And I just want to finish by sharing a quote I heard from Chris Little. Last September at a conference I was at with him, uh, when asked about how his brain cancer has changed the way he thinks. And this, I can't get this quote out of my head, so I thought I'd share it with you. This is a quote. More valuable to me than thousands of pieces of gold or silver is the fact that God has spoken and done something in this world. So in a way, the sickness has just confirmed to me the importance and need of the gospel. It's all I've got. Our brother Chris, he's gone home to be in heaven with Jesus just this last week. And although his life was short, let me tell you, it was not a waste. Nothing about it was a waste because he treasured God's word more than anything else. 
and that brought him eternal life and eternal life to many others who he proclaimed it to. Friends, let us be thankful for this word that transforms lives. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you for your word given to us, your word which saves, your word which leads us out of darkness into the light, which, your word which is the path to the blessed life, eternal hope with Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, we're sorry for the times that we've neglected your word, the times we've been too busy, that we haven't prioritized your word, but we pray about it that by your spirit you'll help us this year to treasure your word, to go deep into your word. May we be humbly listening to what your word has to say, and may we see you do your work in our lives and in our church for your glory. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, let's take a bit of time just to reflect.